I am unashamed. What about you? So, uh, I am coming today from Clarksville, Tennessee, which Jace is about, is about an hour north, northwest, I guess, of, uh, of your place uh, down in Franklin. And uh, it was really interesting, Dad, because to get here uh, for a bit, I went on James Robertson Parkway when I was in the Nashville area, and then I went through Robertson County is the county right before mm-hmm. I got to this county, whatever this one is. Yep. So I feel like I'm kind of, you know, among some of the home folks up here. <laughs> I've actually <laughs> looked into that. I'm thinking about going up there and metal detecting it, see if I can find something. I think there's a lot of our roots in Tennessee. There there are. We came through here. The, Jay, the famous James Robertson is definitely in our lineage. Yep. Uh, but you know what's even better, Jace? Look, I found a... Uh, here in Clarksville, there is a Black Rifle coffee shop, like a <laughs> a store. So I, I stopped by this morning, so I got my double Black Diamond. I mean, I, I really feel very, I mean, I, I feel like I'm there, but I'm here. <laughs> that was a Selah <laughs> moment. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I guess that was so earth-shattering, it just causes... <laughs> A well, Phil, in the proceedings. looked at me looked at him like, <laughs> no comment. I don't know. You're drinking so, the same kind of coffee, so you feel like you're here. Well, I, I just, just feel like get I'm the there, connection, I, I guess. It's, you know? uh, it's, I'm surrounded by Robertsons. I'm drinking Black Rifle coffee. Oh, okay. I, I, I'm at the uh, Trenton uh, Crossing Church of Christ. You know, it's kind of our, our roots and our heritage. So I spoke here last night to a group of Utes. Uh, here, several hundred of them, and it was really good. They were excited about Of course, we had a bunch of podcast listeners. Some of them drove from Kentucky. I mean, anybody within a couple of hours drove to be here yesterday when I spoke at this church, and they let me do it. So, Jace, last night, I was late to the proceedings because they had, like, some, some uh, music groups and stuff like that. But I was late to the proceedings because we got down to the fourth quarter of the Kansas City uh, versus uh, the Bengals, Joe Burrow, the yeah. Bengals. Yeah, and uh, I was so into that. I was like, you know, I know I'm late, but I, I can't leave. <laughs> I'm not be able to leave until this is Man, over. I was. I felt like I was watching the LSU national championship game. I, I was up there. Which got to remember the Chiefs. They have uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and uh, yep, the Tyler honey, Matthew, the, the honey, honey badger. badger. <clears throat> but there's something about Burrow. I mean, and look, I, I'm gonna made a dec- make a declaration. I made this to you on the text message, because now you have two states rooting for Joe Burrow because he's from Ohio. But then when he came down here, he fell in love with Louisiana. What he won a national championship, you know, with with the help of the team. But I think he's the type of quarterback that makes everybody better. Obviously, something about him. But now, as this continues, this is making uh, outside of the campus and and the people involved at Ohio State University because this is this is becoming one of the dumbest people ever to let go. <laughs> Whoever made the decision of where well, Burrow, yeah, he ain't got it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like. 
there's a there's an embarrassment level <laughs> this is reaching. So outside of that, wherever uh, Ohio State is, where are they at? Columbus, 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 Ohio. Outside of Columbus, everybody in Ohio and Louisiana is pretty fired up. But I, they're probably fired up too. They're probably claiming him now. Yeah, we trained him, sent him down there, even though we basically <laughs> he started. He started here. <laughs> they're like, you can't start for us. You know, go find somewhere else. He's like, okay, national championship. Then a couple of years later, I mean, the Bengals, you got to remember two years ago, they won two games. Yeah. I mean, this has been quite incredible. It has. It's just some, and it wasn't like, I mean, that defense yesterday is really what made the impact. But still, I mean, they gave up 21 points in the first half. They're at home, Kansas City. You know, Mahomes has only lost one other time to Tom Brady. Yeah. And then – uh-oh. So it was pretty exciting. Now, I have to say, if they hadn't have scored that late touchdown in the first half, I probably would never would have saw it because about one more score, they almost scored a halftime, and I was like, nah. You know, this is, uh, you know, I was a little afraid of a runaway. But, man, once they scored, and then I was like, well, you never know. You know, Burrow, he, they came back well, last time. And they got a little cocky, uh, Kansas City, when it's – there's five seconds left. They're on about the five-yard line. And they're like, no, no, one more play. Let's run this. And they threw a little screen pass to that guy's real fast heel. And they tackled him. And then all of a sudden, timeout, up oh, too late. Missed that field goal. Well, that field goal would have come in handy as it turned uh, out. <laughs> <laughs> when you so, <laughs> turned you out to be the difference in the game. Well, exactly I think right. momentum. You know, you can't under, underestimate momentum. But we had uh, yesterday kind of – signified our last day of duck season and it was the first time i had gotten to go in a week because we're filming this this little show that i really i wish i could tell you about but you know i'm not sure why i can't get into that i i did i did find some humorous things i think i can talk about this these people come out all they come down from all over the country and I, I noticed something this past week. They don't understand about gumbo mud. They don't. So I pulled up at one place, and I looked, and there's just a vehicle. I could tell it was theirs. It's just in the middle of the yard, just sunk. You know, they had a trailer behind it. I thought, why would they pull right there after a two-inch rain? And so then I, I look up, and they're trying to get the vehicle out. I said, hey, of course, this is not my lane. This is their. I said, you're going to get that one stuck, too. And they're all looking at me. Like, and one of the guys said, well, we got to try. I said, nope. <laughs> nope. It's not going to work. Don't, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and so they went out there, and they got that stuck. Well, then, you know, the person in charge around there they had heard me say that. They're like, how did you How did you know that wasn't going to work? I was like, do you want me to go down here and give these people a tutorial on Louisiana gumbo? And they were like, please. So I went down there and I said, look, here's the deal. After a two-inch rain, you never get off the road anywhere, ever. So number two, there's, a, there's an invention in the tire world. It's called mud grips. If you don't have them, then you can't pull somebody out because it's not, doesn't matter how big the vehicle is, how big a motor's got. See those tires? And the one you tried to pull this one out, I was like, the tires are just sitting there spinning. The one of the guys said, I have mud grips on mine. I was like, go get yours and pull them out. 
take the trailers off. And so it was just a strange, fun, you know, people just don't understand. But I wouldn't know either. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting on them. You just wouldn't know that. Well, in the middle of that, various dilemmas people fall into. <laughs> Your mama has a pattern. Oh, boy. A lot of times when we go duck hunting, we're in the blind and time is passing. So she'll get up in the morning. We all leave at 5 o'clock in the morning. We're gone. We're in the woods down here. So many a, many a time when you get home about 1130, so you left at 5 in the morning, you're back at 1130, and you walk in the kitchen to see what the cook came up with. And you're hungry. You're hungry now. And you're actually more hungry than normal. More hungry than normal. Something so I, so I walked over there to the <laughs> to the, the cabinet there. I mean, what do you call the thing that where the other little stove is? It's the... The island? The island. The island is in the kitchen. I go in there. There's a note there. Like I've seen many a note <laughs> located there. So I looked down, and it said roast... Put in the oven at 8.45. So I look down, and there's a note there. Roast is in. put in the oven at 8.45, and there was a period. That means whatever time you have when y'all usually roll in, usually between 11.30 and 12. So three can, hours on the roast. What is yeah, the, what is the yeah, cooking time on a roast? About three hours. Okay. So I, I look down there. I said, hey. Roast right. That old stone with me. I said, let's so you get put in the on rice this in, or did she, or she I did? I said, I'll tell you what, let's get the roast out. We'll just see how the roast cooked. And then we'll, uh, you know, put in his sides. We need stone. I said, get that roast out of there. So he gets his, you know, it's <laughs> keeps it burning your hands. What do you call him? Pot holders. Pot holders. <laughs> he goes in there and he, get the, he reaches in the oven. He pulls out a big old, bar, thick, thick, thick boiler, you know. <laughs> Roasting pan. So he, I, I, I got a butcher knife in one hand and a fork in the other. I'm just fixing to kind of cut into it. Well, he sets it down, and he reaches, and he takes the lid off like this. He takes the lid off. Presentation. For those, for those listening, and, he's and I'm looking, taking the lid off. I'm looking, and for about five seconds, Stone didn't say anything, and I didn't say anything. I'm looking. Didn't turn oven off. Lo and behold, the oven was on. Oh. Well, he took it off. And but no and roast. Put, There's no, no roast. No roast. <laughs> no roast. Just an empty pot. Empty pot, and it's hot. So it's been cooking, just sitting there in the oven for three hours. At 325 degrees, three hours. So I'm looking at it. I'm speechless. I said, "Well, where's the meat?" So Stone looks at me and said. I don't get it. I said, I don't either. We looking around. Was it like a clean black pot? Clean black pot. It's oh, so she had never big put iron it in pots, it. and it's just got a lid on it, and but there's nothing in the pot. Yeah. So <laughs> okay. I look around. I thought maybe it evaporated. So Dad, you were the opposite of Arby's. You I'm, have no meats. <laughs> I, have, I have no meat. So I'm saying, well, what could have happened? So I looked over there, if there's any more pots. I said, which one has the roast in it? So I look on the stove over here, and I pick the lid up. It's been browned. The potatoes are there. The carrots are there. It's been browned, but it's just sitting there. 
long oh pan in the oven. Oh boy! <laughs> so I'm just getting you ready when when your woman gets about in her about she's about a year behind me. When your woman gets in the seventies, make sure you check the pot before you put it in the oven. That way you get your meat in the oven and yeah. So what do you do there? Do you put it just in the oven now? You put it back in there and you wait another three hours before you (laughs) go take a nap. (laughs) Eat something to tide you up. That's a first. I've never had that one. I've never seen that one before. Have the oven on, have the pot in the oven, but but the other one is the one where the meat is and this one is empty. So what did mom say? I mean, because obviously I called them up because I thought it was a pretty funny thing. I called them up. (laughs) And when I told my woman what happened, she's telling the two women with her, all of them, you know, going up in years, but, but uh, Brown, you know, Lynn Brown. But when she was, she was giving them what happened, and every time she'd tell them something else, they'd just, <laughs> I mean, they were cackling. <laughs> I mean, they laughed. So who, who did she blame it on? Because I'm sure she blamed it on one of her handlers. Ms. Kay said she had the roast all prepared, salt and black pepper, browned in the oven a little bit, a little olive oil, whatever. We had the carrots and potatoes. And she said she told Lynn to put it in Uh-oh. the oven. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Picked, Lynn picked up the wrong pot. I think Uh-oh. I could have told by the weight. But anyway, she grabbed the wrong pot, put it in the oven, and cooked the pot for three hours and nothing in it. Well, well, which the, goes back to you have too many pots, which gets into the hoarding issues again. Yep, it happens. So. Well, and also at mom's age now, she has a lot of helpers because she's not supposed to be picking up heavy stuff, and so she's got you know some issues. That's so right. every time you add in another handler, you uh, also add in apparently the uh, the propensity for missing the boat. There. The so. good news is not. One, no tempers flared over that. It was just a big laugh. We all laughed, uh, and that was about it. Well, uh, let's take a break. So, Jace, with all this, you got filming going on the show, doing the podcast. How are you sleeping these days? Are you sleeping well? I'm sleeping fine, just not in large quantities of time. (laughs) Which you've always been a little less on the sleep than Dad and I anyway. That's just yeah, kind of the way you roll, true. right? Well, one of the ways I know you get a good night's sleep is because, like me, you sleep on a Helix mattress, which is a, a fantastic product that you and I discovered from the podcast. And uh, you went on, just like I did, took a little quiz, told them what kind of, how firm you like your mattress, how soft you liked it, and then you got a great mattress, Correct. So here, you can do the same thing. We want you to check these guys out at helixsleep.com slash unashamed. They have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. That's almost, you know, what, a third of a year. Uh, but you're going to love it, uh, so uh, trust us. Helix is also offering up to $200 off all mattresses and two free pillows for our listeners at helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash unashamed. So that's helixsleep.com slash unashamed, $200 off, two free pillows, and a great night's sleep, whether it's a little like Jace or a lot like me. I'd have to say, Dad, that that especially as you've gotten older, you and Mom, that you guys have put a principle out in marriage, and you talk about it some that's really important, I think, for anybody's marriage, 
and that is to have a sense of humor. Because if you can't, if you can't you like la- laugh at some calamities, you know, I mean, you're well, going to be in trouble all the time. You are uh, correct. So I'll tell you what happened. Here's something I can tell about the filming. So Missy comes down on this trip with us, and we're all staying in this Airbnb, and we're going out to this historical place. Well, the day, let's see, yeah, uh, she put on a pot of beans at the Airbnb in, in a crock pot, which, because Jeff and Jessica, they love that, and I do too. It's, my, it's elevated, because she makes this spicy cornbread with it. Al, you've been over many times. Oh, yeah, had that. very good. <clears throat> I mean, it's it's top three meals here. Well, during the day, somehow or another, they order lunch for you, these TV people, and mine got left out. I mean, we everybody goes up because you're out. We're out in obscure places, you know. So there's they look around. They're like, "Nope, looks like you got weeded out." So I'm like, "Oh well, boy, I'm going back treasure hunting." So I t- I just take off while they're eating lunch. So I worked up an incredible hunger. So that night, I ate an obscene amount of beans and rice and cornbread. Because, I mean, you just think, I've been out there all day. Eating, I think I'd eaten a granola bar out of their little crafty thing. Oh, yeah. Well, the next day, you know, we go out there. We're hunting. And I found something. And, uh, and I was, these rows in this field were really high and i had my knees positioned in a certain way and i was excited about what i found and you know the way we do it they're kind of following everybody around and when there's a hit you know they come gather around you and but i'd gotten in a position that was uncomfortable and they had some technical issue and they were like hang on but the longer i sat in there i felt like a a human uh of those things uh back like and the, forth, back the and hummingbirds forth. like the bird that goes in the no a seesaw is what i was thinking oh, i was on this row and i was going like a seesaw and my knees started hurting incredibly bad <laughs> and i thought they were like hang on hang on and i was like i can't hang on here and so when i i elevated myself just to get some pressure off my knees i'm not kidding it sounded like a bomb went off because I had eaten all those beans and I, <laughs> and I couldn't help it. It was uncontrollable. And it went on for like a long time. I mean, like, I'd say 45 seconds. It was a. <laughs> and I kind of got tickled about it. I've never heard a lower bowel tract to last that long, probably. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So I look around. Hey, none Jay's. These, none, hey, none Jay's. Of, Jay's dad can count on one hand. Well, right. one hand. <laughs> Phil, all the times. <laughs> you have superhuman power when it comes yeah, to the I've lower. I've never been teetering out there on a, a row. row. I, I'd have just made myself comfortable. I mean, what are they Tell you what, it was so, move. It was so crazy that I actually <laughs> thought, I have found there's some yoga instructor out here somewhere who would die for this positioning. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, I have figured out a way to relieve the <laughs> inner gases that have been trapped. So look, none of these people are laughing because they're taught you never like laugh. You never. We weren't filming. We were waiting on a technical issue. Well, I see this this body over here just, and there was actually no women around me at the time. So it was. It wasn't like I was being rude in front of you know mixed company. Yeah. We're all men here, and it was <laughs> we uncontrolled. All do it. Yeah, I yeah. could have. So I see one person kind of in the sitting just moving 
I went, is the sound man. And then it hit me, I thought, can you imagine what that sounded like in his ears? <laughs> and, he, and he got tickled and he just couldn't quit laughing. And I thought, and he's like 50 feet away. So he's yeah. not experiencing. Well, here's what's weird. So I went back down to the position where they want him, and they're like, hang I'm on. I'm guessing, but he was out of Los Angeles, California. I'm not sure where they're from, Phil. But <laughs> he, oh, you couldn't can tell. Stop, he couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I rose back up, same thing. It was just like the exact <laughs> replica. It just... <laughs> and I thought, does this have something to do with my age? Now, when I said that, everybody lost it. They all... <laughs> And I thought it's okay to laugh. And let's just stop and have a laugh. But yeah, I mean, I don't know where I was going. Byproduct. It's a byproduct of brown beans. Too many beans. That's what it was. Too many beans. And I got in a contorted position, and it just there was nothing I could do about it. You know. Yeah. But then when we got back home that night, well, we all laughed about that. You know, for for ten minutes. Because I thought it was embarrassing, but I couldn't help it. What could I do? Well, the difference, I mean, I'm not, my company doesn't produce that show. If I'm producing that show, I'm like, you run that. That was hilarious. That would have been so funny to have on the show. I mean, I realize it's lowbrow I mean, humor, but, you know. It is lowbrow, but I wasn't, there was nothing I could do about it. Well, that's what it I'm was saying. It wasn't like you planned it. And, like, if you heard it, you would have said, there's no way someone could do that on purpose. That's why it was cut. But I'd been down so long, and it had just created the perfect storm. And <laughs> there it went. <laughs> uh, the travails of being a sound man. Yeah, that Cause was you know, funny because I thought, boy, he's got the best. Did you ever say something too. to him after, like, once it was Oh, old? yeah. He's like, what did he say? He said some, you know, he made references I wasn't familiar with, but it yeah. was like, it was a C4. It sounded like a... C4 explosive went off, and then it just, the echo just continued and continued and continued and continued. <laughs> I was like, hey. Hey, leave it to a sound guy to have a weird way to describe yeah. somebody farting. This is, I actually this said, well, you know, it was a bomb of sorts. Well, uh, I was going to. Hang on, Jay. Before you go there, I, I wanted to mention, because we're going to wind up in First Corinthians 7, uh, but we got about a week left on our uh, blazetv.com slash unashamed. Uh, we're doing this new, and by the way, I talked to a lot of people up here in Tennessee that are listening to podcasts that love it. A lot of them uh, have subscribed, so they're loving the unashamed OT, which is basically another hour of content a week. Uh, we do a bonus segment uh, for each podcast, and we do that on blazetv.com slash unashamed. And you still got about a week if you want to sign up to save $15 off a one-year subscription. So what you do is uh, until February 7th, use the code MOREUNASHAMED, M-O-R-E, unashamed, uh, and that's going to save you 15 bucks on a, on a yearly subscription to be able to get the overtime. So, and, and not only do you get overtime, you get their whole network. So like all of Dad's in the Woods, all 800 episodes are there if you never got a chance to watch that, along with all their other content. So it's a good deal. Uh, we encourage you to do that. Blaze is uh, obviously the reason we're on the air. So I wanted to mention that. Go ahead, Jay. No, I was just going to say, uh, so I don't know why I get a little nervous when, when Missy's on the podcast or, you know, on the show. She's coming because, on next week, by the way. Uh, so you got a week to get nervous. See, now how come I don't know that? 
Well, why because she, why wouldn't she say, "Hey, I'm coming on the podcast," and she didn't I say think, a word. I think she's wanting to. I think she's wanting to surprise you. I probably ruined the surprise. She was. You did. Well, what I was going to say is because this chapter that we're that we're in, I told y'all before we started. This is a difficult. This is a difficult chapter for me. Uh, I I found it very. Uh, unusual let me put it that way uh that when it gets to marriage with all the texts about us being the bride of christ you would think out of all the, the, the uh, an explanation on how to behave yourself when it gets when you you have this powerful sex drive at the younger at the young young age of 18 or 20 when marriage starts coming up, you know, as a, as, a, as a pattern. For the matters you wrote about, how about this opening line out on, on the, the, the way to have a great marriage? It's good for a man not to marry. <laughs> well, I mean, we're fixing, to, we're fixing to have a discussion of marriage, and the first thing out of, out of, the, out of the Apostle Paul's mouth is, uh, I'm going to talk to you about marriage. You know what? It's good for a man not to marry. Now, there's the old Dan. You know, we call him the eunuch because he's chosen not to marry. And some people thought we were making fun of him or whatever. But we weren't doing that at all. We were telling Dan, I said to him, it's cheaper. It's good for a man not to marry. And, of course, everybody was looking at me like I was crazy. Think about it. These writings are right at 2,000 years old. And a guy that's been handpicked by Jesus to preach the gospel and discuss all the matters that come up in the process, they're dealing with marriage. and But, it's good for a man not to marry, but there's so much immorality uh each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. Then he starts going into the, the roles of the husband and the father. And well, let me mention. Let I me gave mention. a lesson on it, basically not this particular, not right here, but I was just saying whatever happens when you, when you marry someone, just make sure that you're a man, she's a woman. Make sure of that and then proceed. I said, but you're going to have to learn how to, how to roll with the punches and, and, and keep your spiritual fervor and, and watch yourself as far as being belligerent and all of this. You're going to have to love your wife, I mean, a whole lot in a continuing love and a relationship or it's, it's going to go south on you because it happens all the time. That's right. Let's, uh, let's take a break. So uh, we've talked a lot about pro-life here lately because uh, we just did the big march up in D.C., which was amazing and fantastic. And we got some big cases uh, coming up this year. One of the groups uh, that was a sponsor of the big march, but also is a sponsor of our podcast, is a group called 40 Days for Life. And uh, Jace, when one episode you weren't on, we had uh, the uh, the CEO of this organization on the podcast with uh, mom and dad and Lisa and myself really good group uh, help a lot of people uh, kind of one of those frontline uh, groups in the in the uh, fight on abortion and so we love what they're doing they've got uh, they've got 
centers all across the world, which is fantastic. And they've come up with a new resource, uh, which we are super excited about. And uh, it's the uh, quarterly magazine is what it's called. So this idea is that 40 days is about fasting and praying for life. And so they've got this uh, magazine uh, called Day 41, which is free. And you go to 40daysforlife.com slash magazine uh, to be able to get this gift and be a part of their ministry. Uh, they've also got a great book uh, there that you can take advantage of, which is the, the What to Say When, the Complete New Guide to Discussing Abortion. So get 41 at 40daysforlife.com slash magazine. Check out their website. they got a great campaign coming up that's going to kick off in over 600 cities on March 2nd. So check them out. So right off the bat, I mean, in, as far as an overview, it is an interesting text. And, and I know Jay says the theory he's going to tell us about. But let me mention, since we're in that first verse, that if, and I did a little bit of, we, we talked about the Greek study, but I, I did a little bit of look at the Greek on this because in the margin of your NIV, that same passage says it's good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman, which is a little different take than saying it's, you know, it's good for a man not to marry because then he comes back and repeats that same thought. Here's what the Greek said. Here's the exact Greek interlinear. If you just took the Greek words in there and here's what it says in the Greek, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. So in the original language, that's what Paul said. So I think it's more relationship probably to he's he's going to define sex and where it's supposed to be as opposed to the marriage covenant itself. So it's kind of a continuation of what we talked about in chapter six. And the idea is that, look, sex is designed for marriage. And but to your point, Dad, Paul says later, I wish you were like me. There, so it, even though this may be a little bit different contextually, he's saying I wish you didn't even have to worry about sex because you'd have a lot less to worry about. So, I mean, that theme is throughout the text, no doubt about it. Yep. And it's so much danger attached to it, you know, you know, in, in the Ten Commandments, you know, about number, what, number six or seven there, you know, don't commit adultery. So, Well, I did find it interesting that Paul, who was never married— said, I wish you wouldn't marry because there's a lot of problems and a lot of headaches to, to deal with. But Solomon, who had a thousand wives <laughs> in Proverbs 18, said, uh, it's good for a man to marry. He, he who marries finds favor in the Lord. So it is an interesting take on different cultures and different By the ideas, way, even uh, in the he, Bible. He, and, and again, he, he, about three-fourths of the way through, Jace, in First Corinthians, uh, if you marry, you've not sinned, and if a virgin marries, she's not sinned. It's okay to marry. But this still stands, and everybody always laughs when I read this, and they say, that's not in the Bible. Those who marry will face many troubles in this life, and I want to spare you this. He's basically saying staying sing single now is a good way to roll. Yeah. Right? That's right. And and again, I think the thing that just now let's do an overview of the whole chapter. And Jason, by the way, that's seven. That's seven. uh, Before we get too far down this rabbit hole, I I just wanted to say. I mean, this is the first phrase which neither one of you mentioned, which I thought was interesting because he says now for the matters you wrote about. So I got the impression based on reading that, that they they 
Ask questions about this. Asked him questions, so he stops and addresses them. He addresses them. But this reminded me of that, what happened. And uh, you remember in Matthew 22, 23, when the Sadducees came up, which they said there was no resurrection. And they said, what about the, the woman? Because Moses had told them, if your husband dies, then the brother of the widow marries and now she did that what six or seven times right and then at the resurrection well whose wife should, should be they all they came up with a scenario to try to trap jesus from the old law saying well you know if this resurrection is gonna happen how will which husband that wouldn't make any sense so there's no resurrection that was kind of their deduction and he's like what well, the resurrection people will neither marry nor be given in marriage but before he said that, he said, you're in error because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. <clears throat> and I feel like the reason that reminds me of this is because they evidently, after you read this chapter, you realize they asked him every question under the sun about marriage. That's right. And, well, what if, well, what if, because you got to remember back here. They were trying uh, to get a loophole where they could continue with sex without being married. Well, the Epicureans, you remember that in Acts uh, 17 or whatever, the Epicureans are mentioned in the Stoics or whatever, and, and that was before he got to Corinth. But And this Gnosticism, which was they actually, there was a belief going on that you couldn't have sex with your wife. You couldn't experience the pleasure which I think he was referring to here. Could be. It, but that was going on back then. Correct. Right? Yeah, and so which it seems crazy because he says, uh, since there's so much, yeah, it is good for a man not to marry, but since there's so much immorality, each man should have his own wife. Where was I getting that from? Oh, where it says, don't deprive each other. Yeah. Yeah, verse 5, do not deprive each other. Of course, these are men's, it should be a man's favorite verse in the Bible. Yeah. Because you go in there and like, hey, don't deprive. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of kidding, but not really. <laughs> so what I was going to say is when you think about it, all the different scenarios that you could do, I, I keep giving the big picture of this whole letter to the church at Corinth because the backdrop is you have the thousand prostitutes going out working the streets they have some serious gender issues which we're going to get to in the next two or three chapters there's a lot of immorality going on we just went through 1 Corinthians 6 so this is kind of the backdrop and so I thought big picture when you think about the plan of God the plan God made if God is truly creator of all people and he made them male and female if you go back to Matthew 19 where you reference the eunuch reference where he gave the same discussion about marriage he said some are eunuchs because they were born that way some have been made that way by men uh, and others have renounced marriage for the kingdom of God I mean that seems to kind of mirror what Paul is going here going with here to the corinthians but he also in in matthew 19 jesus gives this foundation he said god created them male and female so here's my point if you look at the plan of god 
if he did make everybody male and female, and would, that would mean we would be sons and daughters of him. And so when we're, and it mentions that several times in these letters about us being the sons and daughters of God. Well, we're all made by God. So we're all made on purpose for a purpose by God. We're all children of God. But not all of us get married. That's optional. That's optional. So I think the reason this is kind of difficult for us, because there's a lot of options. I mean, look, even in my own marriage, when we did our premarital counseling, we filled out this form, our compatibility. They call it a compatibility. Uh, what do they call that, Al? It sees what you have in common. Yeah. Or whatever. I've right. got it. It's like a compatibility test. Well, I was curious because I thought, at face value, I don't feel like I have anything in common with this woman outside of Jesus. So I was curious <laughs> on what they were going to come up with. So when. Hey, hey, Jace, Jace, let's take a break. So Jace is always talking about stock market, uh, which is one way to invest, another way is real estate. Uh, which is healthy, I think, probably when you say, Jace, to have real estate as well as uh, stock market. And uh, you, know, you got to be diversified. Diversified. So one of the tools that's uh, really helpful when you're talking about real estate, or really any purchase, uh, is being able to have uh, a really high credit score. It's going to help you get the best interest rate to save you the most money over the long haul, especially if it's a car, a house, or you know some expensive purchase. And so you want to get that score up quick. And one of our sponsors, the group called ScoreMaster, and so they help boost your credit score by an average of 61 points, which saves you tens of thousands of dollars just on that alone. But sometimes it can be even more than that. So check these guys out. Try ScoreMaster for free and see how many points you can add to your credit score. Go to scoremaster.com slash fill. That's scoremaster.com slash fill. And try to get that credit score up so you can uh, really diversify your portfolios. So you mentioned uh, one of your mentors, mentors, who was my premarital counselor, Carl and Barbara Allison. Yep. Well, I kept asking him about it because I was curious. I said, what about the compatibility thing? And he kept putting it off, kept putting it off. I was like, how long does it take to get results to, you know? Comp- <laughs> well, the bottom line, he was putting it off because it was, it basically said you two incompatible. Need, yeah, you're incompatible. <laughs> so I kept pressing him on it, and he finally said, brother, how's your prayer life? <laughs> and I was thinking, what? He's like, because with, you know, with man, some things are impossible. But with God, all things are possible. I was like, so Go you're saying it. we're not compatible. He's like, if we went by that that score, it basically said, y'all need to just go your own separate ways. It's <laughs> never going to work. <laughs> it's good for a man not to marry to begin with. That's basically, look, that is basically what he was saying, and this is my premarital Interesting counsel. when you're to, on the deprivation part. In other words, uh, the, the husband's body does not belong to him alone, but also to his wife. Do not deprive each other except by mutual consent. Talking about compatibility, you say, I'll tell you what, let's don't have sex for a while. And for a time, he says, now don't get carried away here because you, you can pray, devote yourself to prayer. Just, just It strengthens your spiritual part. 
then come together again. Now, so you hadn't had sex for two weeks, three weeks, whatever, or two days, whatever. Then come together again, the sex is back, so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. It's a being married, you have an option if you even delay the sex part, since that's all you're getting, biblically speaking, is your wife. That's it. So if that's all you're getting, you, you look at that and you say, I understand where we don't want to go a whole hog while because if I can't control my sexual urges, we need to turn that loose among each other here. We don't need to. Well, exactly. To go around. That's what you know, one saying. of you is going to live like uh, whatever, where there's no sex at all. They don't like sex. I've heard them say it. We don't like. We don't like to get into that. So yeah. there's a lot of uh, uh, sexual. What shall I say? Problems that arise. Oh, I, I'm sure really sex... get out of hand in a hurry because of that lack of self-control. Exactly, Phil, because they were saying, oh, we're just not, because the Epicureans were teaching that, look, you just need to do everything in moderation, but, but the sex life causes anxiety yep. in the marriage, so let's just not do that. Yep. Well, that's one thing to say that. <laughs> it's another thing to try to pull it off. I mean, there, there's been other people you're going down a slippery slope when you go down that road well to finish opinion to finish my earlier thought what i was going to say is is so here when it comes to marriage and it comes back to that matthew 22 where they didn't know the scriptures or the power of god i look at my wife and i what makes our marriage great in my mind is because we focus on being a son of god or a daughter of god first because that because we believe God created us for a purpose. Then we focus on being, because we are technically brothers and sisters in the Lord. So we all have that in common. That's never going away. It's a spiritual relationship rather than putting all your, your faith in the physical. Because no matter whether you believe in God or not, the physical part of the sexual relationship, that's going to end. Either yep. on this life or the next. Go That's why he said you don't know the power of God. But if you focused on those issues as far as the foundation, I believe your marriage has a better opportunity to succeed. Because I was going to get, first you got the plan of God, which, which shows us he's a father. I'm getting this back to the triune in nature. Then you have the purpose of God, which what is God's purpose? To reveal his love and grace to humanity. That's why he created us. So look, well, well, I, let me can I just finish though? And yep. so then he sends Jesus to do what? To show everyone how the Father is and then he loves us and wants us. Well, that's our purpose. So my wife and I, the reason we came together to be married was that we were gonna be a team to go out and do God's purpose, which leads to the third thing, which is through his power that happens, which then gets into the Holy Spirit. So what I'm saying, I didn't understand first Corinthians seven, because I think they wrote him about everything controversial saying, how do we, how do we make, uh, I, I wrote this down. How do we make, how do we fit Jesus into our situation? And where I think they missed it was that you take your situation, his reference, and you give it to the Lord. There's a totally different perspective in doing that because all these situations can be different. 
But it's a matter of priorities, just saying, oh, well, fix this. How do I fix this? How do I fix that? When we're out there supposed to be doing the purpose of God. That's all I was just yep. going to say. I would simply say that there's no way to really get a good handle on this except by one, one thing, time, time. Now, you, you guys, I call y'all the young bucks, but, <laughs> but both of y'all getting gray whiskers. What you'll find is now y'all are in your, what, your 50s? 50s. Close enough. In your I'm... 50s, you look at sex inside marriage one way. Trust me when I tell you, mid-70s, next, next uh, stop, 80, you begin to understand that there's far more important things, amazingly, as sex. It's a lot of fun. But when you get to be 75 my age, you begin to get some perspective that it's not better than eternity. It's not better than living forever. It's not better than having peace of mind between you and your woman. It becomes uh, not a non-issue. You still have a little fun at 75, but you say it's, not, it, 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 it's got a spot over here but it's not the guiding force of your life by no stretch of the imagination. You grow up and time passes and there come a time when you say it won't be a big issue at all. These people well, were primarily, that never doubted, they were a lot of young people here. So I think he brings Paul, that up in 29 when he says, yeah. he says time is short. From, you know, the wives should live as if they had none. Those yep. who mourn if they did. There you go. The world's passing away. There you, know, you I think, go. I think, let's take our last break. I think that's the point. Uh, I want to comment on a couple of things. So, so one, uh, Jace, you're right. We're, we're basically trying to interpret a letter where you only got half of the information. We didn't get the questions. We only mm -hmm. got the answers. And so that makes it a little difficult, right? Because he's specifically yep. dealing with something. I think the, the the clue to that, Jace, is in verse 10, he, he says, not I, but the Lord. And he was quoting what you talked about, Matthew 19, what Jesus said about divorce and it's better to stay married. And then from verse 12, he says, I, not the Lord, meaning to me, he's basically saying, here's my advice on how to deal with these specific situations that you sent me. Now, because Paul, Jesus, Jesus didn't handle it in depth. Well, he didn't no. specifically say right. it, which he is just, why, look, which is why I went through the big picture. I mean, J Jesus was more worried about the big picture. Something where everyone is involved is that you have to acknowledge at some point, every human being, on where did I come from? Am I a son made by God? or a daughter made by God, or not? Or did I come from seaweed and fish water? That's why I said, that's why I gravitated toward that, because that's what Jesus did, and I'm always looking at his model. You know, if you want to go to Ephesians 5, so he goes through the whole thing about the marriage, you know, because men and women are different, different, obviously. And we've talked to that till nauseam. Not so obvious in 2022. Well, according to some. Yep. But my point of Ephesians 5 is, bringing it up, he gets down to the end and he's like, I'm talking about Christ and the church. I mean, you each have your roles in your in your little marriages. Not not to demean that, but compared to you being married to Christ and then we're the bride of Christ, 
that's the bigger picture. That's my point. Yeah. What? So, so, so to prove your point, I think it's right there in the text. So in the end of chapter six, you remember when he was talking about sex and morality, he said, you, your body belongs to the Lord for that's, in other words, your body is his and he is yours. Remember when he said that when he was talking about that's you don't unite. Well, I process. think it was like that he was basically presenting this scenario where the prostitute is competing with the Lord for your body. That's right. It's a good way to look at it, I think. See, a lot of other things, too, Al, while you're there. Uh, you two, there you are, Al, and here you are, Jace, and there's more, family group, but you're the result of sex. You, you are its result. Well, thanks for clearing that up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just saying, You, you, you when you when you look at it, it, it it's a very... Uh, what's the word? It's a very profound act, the sex act. And from what I read in 1 Corinthians 7, it's, it's critical that you keep that in mind, especially a guy been as sinful as I was in my past. I get it now, but at one time, nope, I didn't get it. But it did produce you two, Willie, Phyllis, Jephthah, so for that, I'm grateful, but time, as the time passes, your relationship with each other as a family unit far outweighs the way you got here. Which, That's by the way, that, by the way, that you're, to your point with Phyllis, who was, is the product of an affair, yep. but at the same time, she is a gift to not only us, but also to the world. Yesterday, she was- Even was, that can turn out good. That's right. Yesterday, she she got to speak for the first time in Missouri, and it happened to be on the two-year anniversary of when she found out that she was your daughter, and she shared that very thing. And so I was so proud of her because she, she sent me her speech, but I thought, man, look at the value of her life throughout her whole life. She We didn't know her until she was 44, but yep. that, to your point, that does produce. Procreation is obviously a big part of that. And, and just to close this out because we're running out of time, so, Jay's to that point about the body, you know, belonging to Christ, when he says in verse 4 of chapter 7, the wife's body does not belong to her alone, but also to her husband, the same way the husband's body does not belong to him alone, but also to his wife. I think he's piggybacking on the same alone. thought that you mentioned. Yeah, he froze. That if we understand that we're a part of the body. We're of, almost, oh, there you go, he's back. We lost you for a second, Al. So when we're, whenever we're connected to the body of Christ, which is what he said, that's why you don't want to bring in a prostitute, something outside of your relationship with Christ. He follows that up by saying, even when you're married, two become one flesh. Therefore, two bodies become one. The wife belongs to the husband. The husband belongs to the wife. And so even in a physical realm, he's saying, you treat this just like your relationship with the Lord. Exactly. That's why I'm a big proponent when people, they use the Matthew 22 and they're like, oh, there's no marriage. You won't know your wife in heaven. And I'm like, oh, sure I will. It's just the physical aspect. It, there's no longer any need for that. But look, she's been my best friend, my sister, and a daughter of the Almighty, and we've been working together. We've become one. What God joins together, let not man separate. I mean, it just it evolved through the Spirit of God into something that he's using. I'm 100% sure 
that I'm be fully aware that she's my wife in heaven, just not in a physical way, but in this special way that God, uh, you know, again, is all it takes is time. Right. Time. Well, and I, th- I think that the challenge is what we'd like people to do is even at a younger age to figure out you don't necessarily have to wait until you get older. Why not apply some of those principles now that it's not the most important thing? I mean, I, I know when you're young, it feels like it is. And, we're, and again, God built us to procreate. That's part of it and to enjoy each other. But at the same time, it's not the most important thing in your life. It, it but should it's be. also America has, has turned it into idolatry. It's also well, like exactly. the judgments that were going on and the things that are lawful and the things that are unlawful, you know, that he that he mentioned in, in 1 Corinthians 6. They were coming up with these questions to try to just fit Jesus into what they wanted to do. And I yep. think, I, I, you know, there's there's something to be said about whatever your situation is, what I picked up from Paul here, whatever it is, if you surrendered to Jesus as your Lord, and you use God's grace as a motivation for future decision-making, you're going to have the right heart to listen to what the Lord wants you to do through his word and through his spirit that's in you, no matter what situation, because there's a lot of situations you can be in. That's why it's a confusing. If you, But everybody gets so hung up on connecting all the, uh, you know, the tissue that's in here and crossing the T's and dotting the I's and like trying to then have a creed that they can go around and police yep. in marriage and I think they missed the point entirely. That, that's why it says when he when he gave the list in one in first Corinthians six, neither the sexually immoral nor idolaters. Idolatry is right there. Because they take it We're going to talk quite a bit about that as we go forward. We're out of time uh, on a regular podcast. Just want to encourage you guys to check out uh, Unashamed uh, on Blaze TV, which we'll do a have an OT over there. We're going to talk about the pros and cons uh, of getting married just in a practical sense. So we'll do that, and then uh, we'll pick up uh, in Chapter 7 next time. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.